stop squatting if you want better, bigger, more muscular legs. Right. It's probably got your attention a little bit, right? A little bit of clickbait, to be honest. Um, but what we're going to do here today is I'm going to try and give you a little bit of useful perspective on the idea of must-do exercises. And a squat is a really good example of, oh, this is a must-do exercise for your legs. So I'm going to give you a perspective as to, from my perspective, of why that just isn't true. Meet your host, Andy Naylor. Andy is a men's physique transformation expert, competitive physical champion, and a multi-six-figure business owner who has helped thousands of busy, high-achieving men get into the best shape of their lives and reconnect with their inner alpha. On this show, Andy is going to share with you his playbook on feeling healthy again, avoiding the common pitfalls successful men fall into, dropping 20 to 30 pounds of fat, and building a physique you can finally be proud of. And the transformations aren't just physical either. You're going to learn how meeting your personal goals will help support your professional achievements, giving you that true alpha mentality. Let's go. Welcome back, Alphas. Uh, welcome back to uh, a new episode. My name is Andy Naylor. I am founder and CEO of Naylor Body Design and uh, host of the Optimal Alpha podcast. So never squat for bigger legs. Like This is, this is the title of today's podcast. Um, now, I'm not necessarily saying that is true. But what we're going to do today is look into the idea of but essentially must do exercises. So what we're going to do is I'm going to delve into like, you must do this to get that. That's what a must do exercise is telling us. We must do this to get that. So we're going to delve into that. I'm going to go into why that I think that is just a load of shit. And then, of course, as always, what is a wiser approach? So you must do this to get that. Like best examples. You must squat for bigger legs. OK. You must do bench press for a bigger, better chest. Why? Because that's what fucking Arnold did, right? You must do cardio to lose fat. You must do pull-ups for a big, wide back. And I bet, like, if you've heard these things, and these probably all resonate with, with many of you out there, if you've heard these things, then I imagine you've probably tried them all at some point as well. Like, you've probably tried all of these things thinking, those are, you know, those are the magic, those are the things that I need to be doing. Because this is what everybody's telling us. These are those sorts of myths that go through the gym world. We have to do a certain thing to get a certain result. Let me ask you this question. How's that worked out for you? Because it didn't work out for me for years. You must squat. You must bench. You must do this. You must do that. Whatever the things are, you must do this to get this result. You're like, oh, okay. Like, okay. If, that, if that's what everyone's telling me, because obviously everyone knows what they're fucking doing. So... To put it into perspective, I have not barbell squatted since 2016. One of the reasons behind that is I have a herniated disc in my back. It will be herniated forever. So actual barbell squatting is, well, to be fair, dangerous for me, as is actual deadlifting. So probably that was the catalyst that made me stop squatting because I quite liked it. And I was all right at it. Like I, As I'll go into later, I was kind of built for it. Um, but so I ultimately haven't squatted since 2016. I've had more growth in my legs since 2016. Fact, 100%. And I'll go into that and, and the reasons why. I've not bench pressed since my second very close pec tear in 2018. I've done nothing barbell flat bench. I've not done any kind of pull up since about 2010 because they, uh, they, they, <laughs> because of all sorts of reasons, which I'll go into. But again, I've not done, and my back has got way better probably in the last three or four years. All of these body parts have grown better since I dropped the idea of a must-do exercise for them. So technically, 
without going too much into that, why why is this a load of crap? Why is there why is there no must do exercises? Well, are we all built the same? Like, well, we're all human, so we're all pretty similar, but we're all actually quite different on all sorts of levels. Let's look at a bench press. So, picture a bench, picture the bar. Like, the equipment is the same. Now, picture someone who's six foot two and someone who's five foot five. Like, they're very different in shape, but they're using exactly the same piece of equipment. Now, that might still suit them, but we need to take into consideration if the bench press was going to be the most optimal move for both of those people to build their chest. Well, but they've both got different limb lengths. Yeah? Ulnar, radius, humerus, like the arm. The arm, completely different limb. Both of, will probably have different rib cage sizes and orientations. Okay? They will both probably have, in terms of their pec, different insertions. So where the pec sort of ends up, where it inserts, so onto the rib cage, onto the sternum, and then also different origins. So where it begins, so out on the humerus. Those attachments are different person to person. They're quite often different side to side on some people as well, let alone person to person. And also the injury risk based on each, each individual. So how can each individual sit there and say, well, I must do bench press to get a, be a better chest when they could be so different? How could one exercise be the best and the must do for both of them? It simply can't. It doesn't exist. Let's look at a squat. So a squat is a great movement. There is no question about that. Do not get me wrong. A squat is a, is a cracking move. However, bit of perspective. If you simply want bigger legs, then why is the load on your shoulders? Right? Think about it. You're having to control that load. If the goal is just get better legs, if the goal is get systemically stronger and achieve a bunch of other stuff, squat has a lot of uh, virility to it, right? It makes a lot of sense. But if the goal is just to build your legs, why, why are you having to deal with everything from like your torso, from your, your pelvis upwards? What the fuck has that got to do with your legs? Just Think about that for a second. Yes, your legs are moving. Yes, you're taking the load. But yes, you've also got to balance and you've also got to deal with it in your core. Now, I'm not saying those are bad things. They're great. But if the goal is to build legs, that's a lot of energy and effort and potential injury risk going on on one whole half of your body that isn't even connected or is connected to your legs, but isn't connected necessarily with the outright growth of legs. Your whole body's having to deal with the load and the stabilization. It, it, it doesn't seem to make the most sense. Again, with a squat, limb length. So now you've got tib, fib, femur, and torso length. There is so much in the mechanics of all those angles and limb lengths that some people, when you watch them squat, look like they should be doing it. And some people, when they squat, look like a fucking giraffe. Clearly, between a five foot five person uh, with certain limb lengths and a six foot six person, a taller person never looks great squatting, generally speaking, generally speaking. There are people out there who look absolutely awesome because the proportions in their limb length and their torso length seems to work. But generally speaking, it seems to suit, seems to suit a shorter person. Torso length, balance. Some people are shocking with their balance when it comes to squatting. You've also got hip, knee and ankle flexibility. And quite often, one of the things I struggled with, which was bloody shoulder flexibility, getting my hands under and round the bar so that I wasn't pulling it onto my neck. So when you get into those last few reps of a really heavy squat, you'll find that you're pushing the bar in weird ways with your hands. And I used to get back of wrist pain. 
Now, that's either an issue with the flexibility in my shoulder or my wrist because I'm obviously driving into the bar underneath with my hands. And I used to walk away thinking, my fucking wrist hurts. What, how, how does that make any possible sense? The goal is build my legs. In exercise selection, which is what we're ultimately talking about here, there simply cannot be a must-do exercise. It does not exist. Fitness is really good at absolutes. You must do cardio to lose fat. You must do this. You must do that. There are rules that we should follow in certain circumstances that make a lot of sense. Yes. Guidelines. Yes. But you must do this to get that. Certainly when it comes to exercise selection, I just think it does not work. There is no one size fits all. Of course there isn't. We're all very different. So what's a wiser approach here? First of all, let go of the ideas that there needs to be must do exercises. Let it go. If you've been doing squats to try and grow bigger legs and you're just not getting there, let it go. The moment you stop squatting and find something more appropriate, which we're going to talk about, chances are you'll make a lot more progress. And like me, I, I, I don't want to get under a bar and squat ever again. One, protect my back. I quite like fucking walking. And if my herniated disc decides to herniate again, I could be in serious trouble. Like it's no laughing matter, serious trouble. When it comes to exercise selection, some of the best lessons you will learn are when you're injured. Some of you will go, yeah, actually, I know exactly what you're talking about. Some won't have a clue. When you're injured, you have no choice but to make other decisions around your exercise selection because you're injured. You're trying to work around something. And having done this for 19 odd years, I've injured a lot of stuff <laughs> over the years. And I've had to therefore think carefully about exercise selection to get around an injury. And quite often I've stumbled on something and thought, ah, this injury has taught me a lesson or two. Like when we're thinking about things as a must do, we're thinking on an external level. The, the world tells me that I must do this thing. Right? That's immediately the problem. Let's switch that and let's look internally. So when you're training, ask yourself during, after, before, whatever, these types of questions. How did that movement really feel? Feel. Did I feel it in my joints? Did I feel it in my muscles? Remember, we're in a gym to train muscles. We're not in a gym to lift weights and use machines. That's what we're going to do, but that's not the goal. The goal is to challenge a muscle. So can I feel the bloody muscle working while I'm doing this must-do exercise or any other exercise? Was the target muscle the thing that worked most? Okay, so if let's say we're doing dips. Here's a good example. Dips could be targeted on triceps or they could be targeted on pecs depending on how we use the thing or execute the movement. So for me, I do dips right now and it's chest focused. So I'm always constantly reevaluating. Where did I feel at? Sometimes as I start, I'm like right in my fucking elbows. I'm like, okay, cool. I need to move my position. I need to get, I need to maybe warm my elbows up or I need to slightly change how I'm performing the exercise. Was the target muscle worked? Did the range that I was working in feel safe and correct? Can I progress this movement over time? safely i mean bench press is a really good idea of a really good example of, of your, if you train on your own which i do eventually i would come to a sticking point with bench press why because i'm going to get stuck under the bloody bar eventually now that's not that's not a reason to not do bench press but it's a consideration so it's smart to trial movements audition movements into your plan put a movement in give it a run for say six to eight weeks and track your progress track you know, did you feel pain either while doing it or while recovering? Did you see growth? 
which is hard over six to eight weeks. But do you think that you could see growth? Could you see and could you track strength gains? If you are not progressing, then it's over time, then it's a good bet that that movement isn't a good fit for you. Now, yes, you've got all the other variables out in the rest of your life. Sleep, stress, hydration, food, yada, yada, yada. Like, but you, if you're taking this seriously, those things should be a given. You should only be looking to change one thing at a time. Everything else, if you know, if you're in a growth phase, then everything else should be absolutely perfect. And now you're like, well, oh, I'm really trying to grow my chest, right? So now you're just you're just playing around with different chest exercises, giving them a trial, tracking progress. So let's take bench press. So back in 2018, I was in a growth phase after my last show, and I was benching with chains which is a safer way to bench because what's actually happening is when we get down to the dangerous part at the bottom of the bench press where you're the most vulnerable, the chains are raveling up on the floor. So the, so the bar's getting lighter. So it's kind of like using a band in certain circumstances, but ultimately it's a safe way of doing things. Um, but essentially I completely nearly tore my pec twice in six months and it was bad. Like it, it was bad. Like I, it was close. I think pretty close. And the second time I did it, so I'd come back and it was just inside six months and I was, I got up to basically the same weight, being really damn careful with everything I was doing and boom, it went again to the point where I wouldn't even be able to hold my body weight on my arms. So I'm like, okay, this ain't happening again. That's me and bench press done. Me and a barbell bench press, we are done. Divorced, over, goodbye. But I needed to find something to replace that pressing movement. I've got to find a variation that's smart and makes sense. So first of all, I wanted a more natural path of the load. So when you're when you're bench pressing with a bar, you're in a fixed loop, right? So you've got you, your arms, and your each hand on a bar, and then the bar. It's a fixed loop. Yes, there's movement around that. It's not like you're sat in a machine that has the movement, but it's still a fixed loop, essentially. I wanted something that was even further away from that. What's the obvious cho choice? Flat dumbbell press. It's the next most obvious variation to a barbell press, flat dumbbell press. So that's what I moved to. I ran it for a couple of months. Didn't feel right. It just still didn't feel right. It was still, I could feel it more sort of right off into the sort of tendon area, right in the sort of armpit area of the pec rather than the pec. Like this is, I'm just, this is going to happen again. If I continue like this, I'm going to hurt myself again. I was still getting shoulder pain and I was, I still felt vulnerable. The next thing I did was like, well, <laughs> I just went one notch declined, one notch. Now, one notch on everybody's bench is going to be something slightly different, but on the bench I use one notch. So for those of you on YouTube, we're looking at this sort of angle. Like not, It's not a lot of decline at all, but my God, the difference. Bingo. It was all chest. All of the, I'm not saying I couldn't hurt myself doing this. I'm sure I bloody could if I tried, but it was all chest. The first few times I did this, the next few days afterwards, my pecs were like like that feeling that you really want to get from a muscle when you know you've worked it. And I'm like, aha, this fits me. Now maybe this is a must-do exercise for me. But only because I looked internally. I listened to the signals my body was giving me. A really good thing to do this, if it is safe to do so, is to just close your eyes while you're training. Oh my God, it needs to be safe to do so, right? So disclaimer. But the moment you close your eyes, you you focus on not what's happening in the fucking mirror or doodle flap your mate is doing over the other side of the gym or whatever. You'll focus on what does it feel like? That's an internal focus. What signals are my body giving me? Listen, drown out the fucking noise of the gym and listen to what's happening. Okay. The goal is now to go off and do this with every single movement that you do. Doesn't mean you're then changing everything all of the time. 
Like I, I very rarely change anything and our clients will know this as well. We do not change training and nutrition. We train it. We, we change it as little as possible. Like someone should have, a, once a plan is put in place and it works, go and enjoy that for four to six months. Like go and really get damn good at it. Stop wanting to change it unless you find a movement that is either what you would have classified as a must do movement. So you're like, mm, okay, I've been doing squats for like 10 years. My legs are still shit. Right. Well, maybe the squats are the problem or the execution, as in the max effort and uh, perfect execution scenario that I've talked about previously. But start to try your movements. Start to be a little bit more analytical. Pay fucking attention to what you're doing. Don't just go into the gym like a mindless monkey and do anything that's put in front of you. If you want the fucking results, pay attention. Do the work. Pay attention. Do the damn work. And then guess what? See better progress. So, that wraps up today's episode. So remember, guys, there are no must-do movements. They don't exist. There are must-do movements for you as an individual, but you've got to do the damn work to go and find out what they are and be patient along that journey. And certainly when I'm coaching someone or as a team we're coaching someone, these are the things we're working through. We know what feedback we're looking for when someone checks in on a weekly basis as to work out, hmm, I don't think this exercise, and, I, and, and also we get our clients to send in, in clips of their training. We can watch what they're doing. I can look at someone on a piece of equipment and be like, yeah, that's definitely not for you. Let's just sack that off and get onto something else. I can see straight away. That's experience. That's 19 years of experience doing this. That's all that is. You do something for long enough and, and hopefully do it well for long enough, it gets really easy to spot stuff. Now, as coaches, we're trying to educate and teach our clients to be able to do that for themselves. So I'm going to wrap up today's episode here. Hopefully that's been useful. If it has been useful, as always, how about subscribe to the show? Maybe download the episode. Maybe give us a five-star review. It means a lot to us. Ratings are life. We appreciate it. It helps us step the rankings, helps me deliver more, uh, hopefully, useful content to more people and ultimately change more lives. But for today, until next time, Alphas, over now. Go and have the best day. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. We hope that you feel motivated to start making changes in your life so you can see those results that you've been wanting to achieve. Remember, you can do anything you set your mind to. If you love the show, please leave us a five-star review and make sure you tell your friends. If you'd like to connect with Andy, you can find him on Instagram at Andy underscore Nailer underscore Pure underscore Elite underscore Pro. I'll leave a link in the show notes as well. Talk to you again soon.